0: Top shoes. Recorded live. Ramblers, let's get rambling.
1: So another episode of Ramble with Russell, episode 500 of my program, Home of Intelligent Rambling, live, live this time on the Talk Show Network. I'm your host, Russell. Yeah, 500 episodes and plus, and 10 years later, we are still producing a podcast. Yeah, there were some gaps along the way, a few years there to go back into the lips and days, but mostly been steady for the past 10 years. Now. As I try to do with anniversary shows, and this is through the power of my telephone right now, so it's as good as it's gonna get uh <laughs> I mean, but, uh now, now, of course, in the past, I don't do these shows alone. I can't talk to by myself for a whole friggin hour, straight, that's just crazy. So, uh, as usual, I'm going to bring on my, my favorite guest co-host, the man that is part of the Colton Collective, which is a semi-regular show now, but more on that when Dave gets on. Uh, welcome to the show, Dave Cooper. Hi, Dave. Hi, Russell. Lovely to be
2: here. And 500 episodes, that is uh, an absolutely brilliant task, especially given the quality of things that you review and cover. Um, quite a widespread, it is too. Delighted to be here and uh, I uh, hope we have a great show.
1: Yes, I hope so too. And uh, also joining us on the line as well. She's been on the show before, and I've met her in person, so I'm one up on Dave there. Uh, is Dr. Rebecca Housel, the the, cult, the pop culture professor. Welcome back to the show, Rebecca.
3: Thank you so much, Russell. Hello, Dave, and congrats on your 500th episode. What a what a Thanks. milestone!
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's a little 500 plus because there's a lot of extras in there. I don't do as many extras now because my life is crazy. It's been an amazing journey these past 10 years. My life has changed completely in a lot of ways. I've moved around a lot of times. I've been practically a nomad, really. Uh, and there'll be more moving to come. I'm still moving totes, even as we... Well, sometimes it will be more totes. And, and the show has changed a lot. When I started this show back in 2006, I was, uh, was using a dial-up modem on Windows XP. And now I'm on broadband using Windows 10. So that shows how technology has changed in the last 10 years. It sure yeah. does.
2: Yep, that, that's yeah. it. You've got, to keep, you've got to keep moving with the
1: times. Moving with the times and 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 I've had my shared battles and talk show. if you listen to the early episodes my voice sounded like crap and and if you, if you even listen to some old old uh, oof, old pod shots, I sounded like still from Doctor Who which was really fun but that's that's technology uh, we're trying to do this through the cell phone today I may pay for this later with a phone bill. Um, but but I just want to sound half decent for the show, and I don't do this this often, so let it go. Now, um, th- this has been a crazy ten years. Um, and a lot has happened in sci-fi and TV shows. A lot has happened, and the big trend these days, and this is why I brought you on, Rebecca, because you you keep on this stuff more than I can ever try to. I do my best, but I'm one man. Um, is is the trend now? And in, in, in end-of-the-world TV shows, especially with zombies. If you had asked me 10 years ago when I started the show, there will be more than one zombie show on TV, I would have gone, no, never. They're never going to do a zombie show on TV. I would be wrong. There are now count them four, and we just added a new end-of-world show, Aftermath, as well. Where do you think this trend for the end-of-world stuff is, has come from?
3: Well, um, you know, it's really interesting. A lot of this, and I did this in my Wizard World uh, show that I opened Comic-Cons Across America with for about three years. This basically trend comes from uh, Ah. 9-11. I heard, you know, and uh, Max Brooks, who is Mel Brooks and Anne Bancroft's uh, son, wrote a book uh, called World War Z, Shortly after nine eleven, a few years after it was published, and of course it became a movie with Brad Pitt
2: uh, about a year or two ago. And, and Peter uh, Capaldi was on it. And Peter Capaldi forgot who was in it. Yes. Yeah, there was okay. there was
3: a lot of like uh, it's a bit it's been interesting, but zombies represent us,
2: the masses,
3: and so uh, when when Max Brooks wrote it. Uh, he wrote it in a way that from the nine eleven perspective that that uh, the terrorists are like zombies, and of course, right. after the ten year anniversary of nine eleven you know which was very recently uh we we end up seeing zombies becoming like humans starting to awaken a little bit uh, with with Isaac marion 's war of bodies, for example, where exactly. you can
1: actually
3: yes, you can become um human again if you if you do away with technology and connect with people directly your heart will literally start to beat again and that's sort of Isaac Marion's idea and we see it we see the same theme in all kinds of things like the return which actually Dave is something that's been playing in Europe quite a lot uh, where zombies become human again and uh, remember what they did and go back and it started in France, actually, and I and there's several variations that have been playing on BBC. It's like a really interesting thing how humanity. When when 9/11 happened, humans were the monsters, so monsters had to become the hero. And now, now that we're like past that 10-year mark, now humans want to reclaim their heroism. So that hmm. zombies are us. So we're going. To, we're we're popularized in commercials, TV commercials for cell phones and. You know we're zombies and we're, we have cell phones and we're we're riding on a bus. With, you know, like we're becoming normal. Z Nation is uh, is one of those uh, sci-fi shows, uh, which, which uh, actually the creator is one of my friends, and um, that that's another one of those things where zombies are actually integrated in society with people.
1: Yeah, so, well, that's that's also like um, I Zombie as well, where you have. Yes. A, a young girl who's integrating herself in society with, you know, slight variances in how she has to deal with
3: society. <laughs> yeah, just slight
1: variances. Just slight yeah, variances. Just, you know, have to keep the diet of brains up just
0: to stay human.
1: And, yeah, and and then you have, of course, you know, the, the polar opposite of that, The Walking Dead. And what, what gets me is the zombie genre is not the new. We're talking 1950s with, you know, Night of the Living Dead. And it's just, eight, yeah, yeah, and we're talking an an amazing genre that that just, you know it dies down and then resurges again, and it, it's funny how how it doesn't seem to really ever go away. Like it, the, the George Romero set that mark and said, "Okay, yeah, we can do this." And it's just the, the somebody should write a book, honestly, the evolution of zombies, because it's it's been been quite the the fifty year journey.
3: It really has. And it's uh, one of those things too, where uh, now the popularity really is related to sort of the cultural shift that occurred after nine eleven, and and has been evolving since then. So that's there's no point in history prior to to the last, I would say, decade since you started doing your show. Actually, yeah, I know and stuff have have been as popular as they are.
1: Yeah, and you you take. Uh, a few, well a, a few years ago, where they had a show like Jericho, which was all about the end of days. This was an end of day show, but it was it aired at the wrong time, and it had a very did. short I, life.
3: It did. Yes, and it's funny yeah. you bring that up. I just talked about that maybe a month ago on a on a different uh, different radio show. Jericho <laughs> came up because it was that popular, but like you said, just the wrong time. Similar to Twilight, the the book. It's, and movie franchise right. by Stephanie Meyer. The same concept was was created by L. Jane Smith 14 years earlier. Literally the same concept. Vampires, male vampires that looked like they were 17 and were digging on high school chicks that were human <laughs> and ultimately end up making them into vampires as well. Uh, that That's Vampire Diaries that came out in 2009 on TV, um, but the books preceded... Stephanie Meyer's Twilight, which came out in 2005 by a good 14 years. It just was the wrong time. And after 9-11, the monsters were the heroes because humans were the monsters. So Twilight, sparkly vampires, yay. Everybody was very excited about it.
1: Yeah, I still have an issue with Sparkly Vampires. I, I, I still don't accept that as my vampires. And, and what's interesting is with the end-of-day stuff, we now have shows Revolution, although that didn't really... It still lasted two seasons. And and now we have this new show Aftermath, which Space was plugging up here like there's no tomorrow. Um, And, and the that, that and Red Falling Skies. And there seems to be the, the, that end-of-the-world thing is now, okay, we can go there. Now that <laughs> now that nine eleven has kind of gone away for a little while, I mean we even had a re a redo of Independence Day because they thought yeah it's, maybe it's safe now to bring that back out again. We'll do a sequel to that, although that didn't do the money that they wanted it to do.
2: Well, well, you're into another thing there with the sequels, but the the one that that reminded me about this end of the world was the um the Omega Man with Charlton Heston. What oh 70, well, that's it, around the seventy, but then they brought it back with Will Smith. I am Legend. In 2007, I think, um, which I think fits into that general category, you know, uh, plague, I mean, it it plays into a number of things with the end of the world, disaster, uh, and and the sort of uh, the I can't even say the word, but I'll try post-apocalyptic horror. Yes. <laughs> so yeah and, yeah, and
1: and even even the new Chronicles of Shannara is kind of still an end of the world story because it's set in the time where we screwed up the earth and this is the the, the this is what's come after it. Same yeah. with
3: Game of Thrones, gentlemen, same yeah. there. It's it's the uh, winter is coming and now we're at the point where the next season of Game of Thrones is winter is here. The apocalypse basically is here and zombies yeah. are a part of that storyline. White walkers are yes. zombies. So, yeah, very interesting. The whole the whole culture is really shifted toward a uh, I guess an apocalyptic view of our future, not so high. <laughs> and
1: I, yeah, and I, I wonder how long this is going to last, because TV is nothing if it's not trend, especially entertainment. You know, the longest time in the 50s, westerns were huge, and even going into the 60s, and now you barely see them. Ah,
2: now there you are. There's a, a bit of a segue there, because uh, um, with the recent western, The Magnificent Seven, that's come out, the remake, although who can beat Yul Brynner? Uh, exactly. Another uh, another thing there, by the way, is the the Hugh Brynner, the um, the the other film he was in Westworld. That's now becoming a TV series. So they, they are revisiting these things. But um, I noticed that in the the revert, the new version of the Magnificent Seven, because of political correctness, uh, like mm-hmm. like you quite rightly said. Uh, uh, Rebecca, that uh, with the 9-11 the zombies are are, are us. In the, the latest version of Magnificent Seven, you can't have white uh, heroes protecting, you know, um, people from different ethnic backgrounds. They can't be oh, no. the weak people. So in the, the latest Magnificent Seven, um, it's a white town that is in need of help and the, the Magnificent Seven are a disparate group of people but disparate in terms of you know, um, you know an, an Indian tracker or a Mexican or a Spaniard. Oh, exactly. Uh, so, so the political correctness is turned. Uh, one more thing, uh, if either of you want to comment on that, the other thing I've noticed, one of my favourite shows that I've just recently watched on Netflix, very big convert to Netflix, by the way, at the moment, uh, was Str- <laughs> Stranger
1: Things. Yes, now, yes <laughs> I've heard a lot about that I've not seen it yet I keep hearing I people talking it. about it But one and of the I things there seven. Yeah,
2: one of the things there they've done is one of the difficulties when you're doing all these sort of programs is you can't Rebecca, uh, you know, Rebecca will know, you know <laughs> the girl always wanders off. Are ah, they go? Let's go into that house in the middle of the night. But of course, if you've got a mobile phone, you're calling on you a mobile phone. You got a mobile phone. It cuts through all that because you can call nine one one. I mean, obviously, you can have the, the yeah. battery break or whatever.
1: But Signal can go bad too, and all that. The, but the yep. thing
2: now is uh, one of the things, and it actually got a lot of people talking with uh, Stranger Things. I don't know if you know, uh, Russell, but it's set in like the 80s. So you haven't got all that rubbish, <sighs> technical rubbish can be thrown out. So you can get back to real storytelling. People can get lost, can get separated, can go out for a day, and nobody thinks, well, they haven't called in the last 16 seconds. There must be something wrong.
1: Uh, right, yeah. no
2: selfies posted yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, oh, I, haven't yeah, seen, yeah. I, haven't, I
2: haven't seen a selfie for 15 minutes. It
3: must be done. Oh, my
1: goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, well Stephen King. It was set in 1983, actually. Oh, I'm sorry, Russell. 81? Uh, 80, 83.
2: Yeah, yeah
3: 83. Uh. Yeah, it was an interesting year uh, for a lot of reasons. So,
2: yeah, the yeah. very.
3: Um, yeah, I just saw something else uh, recently about 1983, horror movies you know that that sort of that that year was a particularly interesting one in pop culture
1: yeah the, the 80s were really the birth of the modern of the flasher film really that's when they really kind of hit the ground running and it was just friday the 13th and freddy krueger and michael myers and it just went so myers they huge... actually, it was
3: 1978 the first halloween in fact
1: uh, That's yeah. One of
3: the things I'm doing at the end of this month, on the 29th of October, I'm, you know, doing a little charity benefit, and um, Tony Moran, who played Michael Myers in the 1978 film, is going to be meeting some of my guests, which none of them know yet, so if they're listening, wow. now, they <laughs> yeah, he'll be. You heard it here first. <laughs> yes, you really did. Um, I have no. teasing a little bit, but he's going to be at. At one of the places we will we will be visiting on our little junket and um, of Salem, which is going to be really fun and uh, and yeah, and so he's going to be there. I can't wait. I've never met him, so it'll be a first for me. Well, <laughs> I'm like a big girl, uh, that's, I'm excited.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm just that's I'm just looking cool. at uh, box office Mojo for 1983. You're right; it was a classic uh, time. We've got uh, such quality here. We've got uh, Return of the Jedi. Terms of endearment, trading places, uh, sudden impact, uh, risky business. Uh, yeah, uh, know, I, I, I don't know what happened to the star of that show. I don't know he's done too well. Yeah, Tom, yeah, it? I mean, yeah. Tom, some, yeah, I don't know what he's
1: doing there. I think
2: he's, he's eked out a bit of a living, you know, a little bit of a living. Yeah,
1: Note, gentlemen, how the
3: woman his foil, the female foil. Rebecca De has not. You know? uh,
1: well, hell, yeah. if you want to com- compare contrast, you Eddie Murphy and Tom Cruise that comes through careers and where uh, they Yeah, yeah, no, I and
3: mean, that's actually really important, yeah, because you have gender and race that you could see very clearly. Uh, but,
1: but, 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 but
2: Monica Belushi and the latest James Bond, oldest James Bond girl they've ever had, right. and doing a fantastic job in it as well. Um, well, but, uh,
1: I don't know. Well, her part was kind of short.
2: Dave. <laughs> well, you think you think it was um, what a little bit of a publicity publicity thing,
1: stunt? Yeah, I I saw that movie. She wasn't on screen for very long, so I would was say. Was, you
3: know. it, unfortunately, she she can she could uh, she might be one of the original Bond girls, Dave, but she did not have the same monetary compensation as the
2: original uh, Bond guys. No, <laughs> uh, well, I can see that. I'm looking what else was on that, Scarface, blimey, Silkwood. Yeah. Um,
1: so that was, some was really...
3: incredible. That was an incredible year, 83. Yeah, yep.
1: very much so. Males That's movies why it's great right, when too a
3: Ryder is in that, uh, in Stranger Things. She's actually the mother uh, in the first episode when
1: people watch it. So they may or may not
3: recognize her, but
1: she's there. Yeah. yeah. That that was show will probably go on my list of shows to eventually check out. I did just recently get a copy of Penny Dreadful season 3. Yeah. Oh, now I'm you're very much looking forward to
3: it. I'm so excited about that. It's like my favorite it ended, you know, the the series ended.
1: Yes. Yeah.
3: But um the, there were 3 seasons. My god, I Eva Green, I just saw her in Miss uh Miss Peregrine the the film adaptation of the novel that came out i think in maybe 2012 but don't quote me on that um yeah i mm. really i love Eva Green she is fantastic in that show there City, so
2: Sin City, too yeah and, and yes. Timothy Dalton yeah speaking, speaking of Timothy our
3: bond Dalton Jackson, is
1: amazing in that, in that show
3: incredible he was also in Hot Fuzz which is a little bit of like the shot of the dead crew <laughs> Um, so we yep. connecting to almost everything we're talking about. Brilliant, really.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that is on my list okay. of shows to get to. Uh, as, as more listeners to this show know, it it's a challenge sometimes to get through things. I'm still making my way through the lovely world of Superhero CW, so oh, trying to get yeah. cut off and when it comes That's to that, I'm on currently Season 1 of Flash, Season 3 of Arrow, so...
3: Yeah, that that's ever expanding too. You you'll it's, oh. it
1: continues to evolve.
3: So it's yeah, going to take you a while. I'm
1: working my way up there, but I, it's just time. <laughs> it's my worst enemy. I
3: hear that. I hear that.
1: Well, <laughs> well, impossible. there is
2: a there is a real bounty of stuff out there. But uh, do you want me just take a moment out and just give people an idea of what some of your past episodes sounded like? Sure. Let's hear a little clip from episode four hundred. And uh, this is from October 2014.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ramble with Russell. Episode 400 of my podcast, the home of intelligent rambling, right here on the TalkShoe Network. A terrific show lined up for you today as we explore, I guess, many myths and legends in various forms. I'm going to start things off today by going back, I mean, having uh, a new release another re-release of a Disney classic. It is the Diamond Edition of Disney Sleeping Beauty on Blu-ray DVD combo pack. Then we go from Sleeping Beauty to a a, a, a classic legend to a, a new legend, I guess, where they just had to make another one. It is Sharknado 2 on DVD, starring Ian Ziering and Tara Reid, courtesy of VSC Films, where the Sharknado hits the big, City of New York. Then we go from shark tornadoes in New York to once again the another city under plague. This time in the Transformers universe, the fourth entry in the Transformers series. It's Transformers: Age of Extinction on Blu-ray and DVD combo pack, courtesy of Paramount Home Video. Where it's now uh, a hunt. Uh, A new new trilogy begins with the Autobots and the Decepticons.
2: Okay, and I'll play a couple of those little clips whenever you ask me to later on.
0: All right, and now that brings up a point. I'm
1: segwaying my own segue. Um, <laughs> I recently just finished watching, and the review for this will go on next week's on the next 501st show of the of this of the show because it's going to be Star Wars, and you should get that joke. Uh, I <laughs> was speaking uh, about the Rebel season two. I just finished watching it. And that was a fun marathon. And, and I, I wa- after watching that show, I wanted to bring up something which I know they're doing for season three. I watched the trailers, and it looks like Rebels is going to be doing the old time jump, which is such a popular thing to do in TV shows, where they're going to age little Ezra quite a few years from season two to three. He's not going to be, he's not going to be looking like a Aladdin anymore. He's going to have more of an older shaved head look. Uh, so, and, and I thought, I, uh, I thought something we want to talk about today because that's been a, a very popular MacGuffin in TV shows where the writers go, We want to just jump ahead a few years. We're not going to tell you when, what happened before. You kind of make it up and let's go. And, and the biggest, and that can work and sometimes not work in TV. And one of the biggest examples I remember from past TV shows in the last 10 years I've been doing the show is BSG. The new BSG, where they did a major time jump from season three to four, I believe. And that, I don't know, that wasn't the best one I thought.
3: Well, you know, I was thinking, connecting it to your CW marathon, binge watching, Mm. I guess, when you, uh, you're going to, you're going to end up with legends and the legend one is all about time and, and manipulating time. And um, of course that's, you know, Dave, uh, Dave, and Ian on on you know they they kind of talk about Doctor Who all the time that's mm-hmm. all based on time manipulating time and time shifts and time jumps and, and so you know it's something that and that's been on the air for geez, m- longer than I am old <laughs> That's true
1: One, both of us thank you
3: Yeah yeah it's it's a wonderful show and i think that that kind of thing as you you called it a McGuffin which i thought was adorable but you know, it's it's very popular because for writers, as a writer, I could say it's easy to, to then manipulate a storyline and try to get your characters to where they need to be literally and figuratively, you know, it kind of works for, I mean, how many times in your actual life, see, this is really what makes TV and writing in general relatable.
0: How many really? times
3: in your life have you thought to yourself, I wish I could go back to this moment in time change things, make things better, you know, or go go ahead and see what's happening. You know, Back to the Future, we, we were just talking about the 80s and the, the, the years of these great pop culture moments in the 80s, and that's certainly one of them, the Back to the Future, you know, time jumping, talking about time jumping. That, that's just, it's a very pop, it's become, it's the foundation of some of the most popular mediums on TV and in film ever. Um, So it might be a little bit of a MacGuffin, but, you
2: know. Well, well, I'd carry it it forward even more, because um, uh, I remember back with, uh, um, what was it called? Um, Chai Quang Chain, is it? Um, Oh, um, oh, I'll skip that one. I'll come back to it. My memory will work on that. But I've noticed recently in in a lot of the TV series, uh, particularly Arrow, uh, Daredevil, oh. um, mm-hmm. and I'm um, actually seeing it now in the, my latest uh, programme. I'm watching, which is uh, uh, Luke Cage, which is just yes, started on do. Netflix. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you you have you jump <laughs> you jump straight into the story. And you think, well, hang on, how did he get this strength? Uh, in Arrow, how did this um, the, this young lad who's a so- sort of socialite uh, who goes. Uh, on a boat trip with his father, and uh, not his girlfriend. He sneaks his girlfriend's sister onto the boat. Naughty man! Uh, and of course, <laughs> the, the boat crashes. And uh, it's the first season of Arrow, so don't think it's a spoiler. Uh, no, it's not a spoiler. Spend... I'm up to season it, three, so it's, it's, you're it's safe. Sp- out it, out well, yeah. So he spends up to five years on the island, and of course, they they pick for five years because they're assuming that Arrow will last at least five years. But uh, what will happen is you'll have a conversation, and then. Uh, and they used to do this in a, a lovely favourite TV series of mine called Highlander as well, um, Adrian Paul. Yeah. Um Where something that. had happened, and he'd look at you know a telescope on a mantelpiece or something, and then they'd go into a little vignette of uh, something that relates back to the story. Uh, yeah. Like young, well, Ri- yeah, same. young Richard yeah. asking you know, me, "How did he come so wise?" And it shows him meeting a you know a, a Chinese uh, person with great you know, with great respect or whatever. But they're, they're doing it in Nick Cage. Sitting, in fact, with Arrow, uh, they almost, I thought, did it to the extreme where it was like you were watching two shows because, you know, you'd be well, watching the, 10 minutes and then all of a sudden he's back on the island and then he's back
1: in... Well, yeah, I mean, that's a lot like Once Upon a Time. That's almost two shows yeah. in one, really.
3: Right, you're right. It is, yeah, multiple shows. And, and uh, there was actually a spinoff or two, isn't there, or one... Well, uh, they
1: tried that Wonderland one, and I don't think it lasted very long. And they went okay,
3: yeah, and and dropped that
1: like a bad penny.
3: I mean, I I think that that's one of those shows that's pretty interesting. Actually, the 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 Miss Peregrine movie that I just saw, the adaptation of the and her peculiar children, peculiar children. It's a it's a Mm. bit of a tongue twister for me. Um, That that uses actually time shifts, like you said. In fact, uh, they're in a time loop, which is not. Uh-huh. a spoiler but um, okay maybe it is i don't know <laughs> it could be i don't think so but um may- maybe now that i think about it, it could be a
1: spoiler oh well it just came out oh, on well. signing just just came out we, we we apologize for any fans of the novel there you go yeah
2: the first one i was trying to think of of course was david Carradine in it's why chan kane that was the one where yeah. you know he's, he's ah. in america and then they keep going back and uh, you know, how are you doing, grasshopper? Yeah. So, uh, and that was showing a very younger version of him. Uh, and uh, and indeed, um, in Daredevil, uh, you see him as the young man being trained by the the blind guy that comes back into the series at, at some point. Yeah, yeah,
1: true. And they did that in Lost as well. The la the latter seasons of Lost, they did a lot of flashbacks and they did flash forwards, which were really sneaky. Uh in in that show. Oh, you'll have Rebecca
2: talking about Slash fiction, next.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but the one the, the one thing I, I, I what gets me is, is the shows that they don't just do within an episode like, like Once Upon a Time and Arrow where they deliberately say, Okay, we take this season to a certain point, we leave the characters here right. and then we go forward a few years and then we don't tell you what happened in between. You make it up and then we just continue the show. Right. And and that to me I seems a little bit cheating,
0: and well, yeah. it seems like the
1: writers, the writers have gone. Well, we run out of ideas for this version of this character. We're just going to bump them ahead. And what's funny about Rebels is I've seen this happen in animation before. This to yeah. me was very similar to the classic Canadian animation show, which me you may or not have seen. Dave called reboot because in no. season two a reboot. Little Enzo Matrix got an upgrade as well.
3: I do remember this actually. Yeah. I mean, it was I was looking, at in, the same, too. Yeah.
1: yeah, the comparisons to reboot and and rebels, and it's pretty similar. And reboot, uh, you had a little kid like Ezra who worshipped an older guy Bob, who was a lot like Canaan, Jan- uh, and and Bob has. You know, gets sent away in season two. Caden gets injured, but farther sorry, in season two, and and we have a dystopian head person, which is many forms in rebels, but and in, and in, in rebooted with Megabyte. Although Megabyte and Vader can be very similar, and and it's funny how years later we're seeing a. a I'm looking at the trailers for season three. I'm thinking wow, they're kind of going that way with Ezra. They've aged him a lot, and, and him and Matrix would get along just fine. What kind of well, attitude. you know where
3: that comes from, Russell? That what, mm. you're, what you're talking about is the classic template identified by scholar Joseph Campbell called The Hero's Journey, and uh, ah. there's several trials, one of which is uh, Finding the Father, and that's really right. what you're talking about. Uh, so it's, 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 it's actually as old as human civilization, um, it goes back a million years and, and, and it transcends every, every culture and every country, regardless of religion, space time. It's all the same. And, it, and Carl Jung's work was used by Campbell because it's a lot of the same symbols are used over and over again, which, which goes back to the collective unconscious. So what you're talking about is a classic story that is in literally pre-programmed Time Magazine called The God Gene in 2006. Uh, It's pre-programmed in our brains, and it's something we go back to. And really what it speaks to is us connecting to a larger purpose. Once you connect to something outside of yourself bigger than yourself, then you've had what Joseph Campbell called the transformation of consciousness. Then you become a hero. Otherwise, you just become bitter about it, and you don't, you know, you don't transcend the duality before you. There's good people, there's bad people. Why would I want to help the good people when the bad people are going to be there anyway? I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to do whatever I want. That's a villain. A hero yeah, is like, and, you know what? I'm going to go with the good because I see the bigger picture. I connect to the bigger purpose.
1: Yeah, and it's funny they, they seem to be charting Little Ezra's journey very much like Anakin. He quotes a line in the trailer saying, I don't want anybody else I care about to die. And that's pretty much what Anakin said just before he crossed over.
3: Well, the reason why (laughs) is because George Lucas used specifically, like sometimes people are like, Ah. oh, it's a bit deliberate. No, he specifically used Joseph Campbell's work in his his storyline. In fact, Joseph Campbell spent his last year's on Skywalker Ranch.
1: Ah, Look at that connection. It's coming all you,
3: around.
2: Oh, I think see, I heard this, about
1: that, that, See, yeah. this is why you're on the show, Rebecca. Because you just <laughs> know that. You're stuff. welcome.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and,
1: and I'm really hoping Rebels ends better than poor old Reboot. Because poor Reboot ended on a huge cliffhanger season four, which was a bunch of movies, but it was still technically season four. So I'm hoping when Rebels does end, at least ends on a better note than some big massive cliffhanger
0: well i
3: can i can speak to some of that too the reason why you see some inconsistencies is really because of frankly it has to do with money and sponsorship money and whether in in hollywood and and anywhere that makes a movie or tv show now of course canada is huge toronto is a big player uh, yep. Vancouver. One of my clients just moved to Vancouver, my former client um, Patrick Doyle just moved there because that's really where like, there's a lot of filming happening and a ton of talent is coming out of that, that area in general. Um, so part of it is monies and also sometimes talent like voice talent for, for the animated shows, but, but real people for real shows end up signing contracts for other movies or other things and they're going to have to leave or they get pregnant or you know something happens where the players have to change and so the storyline has to change and sometimes it feels really abrupt that happens a lot with joss whedon with dollhouse in particular
1: you have another great show it was great
2: the way i put it is this if you follow your bliss you put yourself on a kind of track that has been there all the while waiting for you and the life that you ought to be living is the one you are living, wherever you are. If you are following your bliss, you are enjoying that refreshment at life within you all the time. Actually,
1: well, there you that's
2: go. Your, that's your friend Joseph Campbell. One yeah, of the more famous Campbell, quotes. All your
3: bliss. <laughs> I'm telling you, boys. Though I. I followed my bliss and I ended up like having like a horrible tragedy happen. So I'm still, it's still, the jury is still out. Of whether or not you follow, following your bliss doesn't always lead to ah. is
2: it what we imagine.
3: Ah. Is going to
2: happen well, I, I know not. an answer, I know an answer to that. If ever you, yeah, if you ever see, again, this comes from uh, watching all these uh, Japanese films and, and things like Highlander, where, you know, when they bow to each other, when they meet, are uh, when they're about to do f- a fight, they bow to acknowledge each other. They bow, but they never take their eyes off each other, just in case something <laughs> unexpected happens. In other words, you bow uh, to signify trust, but you just keep your eye on them all the same. Yeah, no, that's, that's that's
1: true. yeah. <laughs> now, one of the things um, that's been going the last few years, and and I don't know if it's still if you still have more Rebecca than I than I more than me is that there's been a push in the States to maybe make more things in the States, that they've been getting a little jealous of all the production out here in Toronto and Vancouver, <laughs> and there's been a, more of a push to, especially mega he really pushed for it, when he, got, when he was the governor, to, to film more things, keep production, U.S. productions in the U.S. Now, is that still a big push? Because Georgia, in the last, geez, five years, Has really gone crazy when it comes to television and movie production.
3: Oh yeah, no, Atlanta is what I call Little Hollywood now. I mean, we we that city. If you're in entertainment, it's not you know you think oh why you're all the way all in Atlanta? What what's out there? Everything is out there. Everything is being filmed there. The Hunger Games have been filmed there. Of course, Walking Dead, Vampire Diaries, the originals a bunch of movies, Guardians of the Galaxy, so many films are filmed in Atlanta. It's it is one of those areas where, you know, uh when you think about like a city like Boston, for example, there it's it's packed full of people. Yeah. You can't there's not a lot of open space. I mean I'm from that I'm actually from that state. So I'm speaking from total and complete experience. <laughs> you you have to it's a small state, you can actually drive from one end to the other in about two and a half hours. Georgia right. is huge. When we think about Atlanta, like when I, you know, living there, I can tell you to go 20 miles took me an hour and a half because there's so many cars in the road, so many people. Traffic is just part of everyday life, similar to LA. Um, but I, I mean, I actually think it's almost worse because you didn't even have to be near Atlanta proper. You could be 35 miles outside of it and you'd be sitting in traffic for over an hour. It's very spread out, and there's a lot of land.
2: I think there are a few things to this, but I mean, um, uh, it used to be that if you ever went on quizzes, uh, I, t- I tend to go to pubs, Rebecca, you know, it's not, <laughs> not very good uh, our bars, as you might call them, and here in the UK there's yeah. a tradition of once a week having a quiz show, and, and one of the, the standard quiz questions was, uh, they'd say, you know, tell your TV show, and you had to guess where it was filmed, and, and you know, you can go back to the um, uh, Fraser Crane, you know, and um uh, All the sort of cheers and all that. People could identify where it was done from from the 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 program. But then, of course, um, things happened. uh, For instance, uh, New York suddenly didn't look like New York when they wanted to do slightly historical ones. So that when uh, Captain America was being filmed and they wanted to do some scenes, uh, you know, the early Captain America before he suddenly wakes in modern day times. Actually, where my daughter lives in the northern quarter of Manchester, uh, on the main road there, they filmed the scene of uh, Captain America in a taxi driving down the road. Because all, all the buildings in that part of Manchester were still the old uh, sandy, brick, uh, sandy stone buildings that you know looked like 1950s banks and, uh, and things. Well, of course, they'd all been cleared and knocked down. And then right. the, other, the other side of the story is um, you, you mentioned Game of Thrones earlier. Because they're having, you know, a tropical part and they're having parts and, and because there was so much to fit in, they basically had five or six film crews in five or diff, six different countries all filming at the same time. I, I watched a, a Graham Norton show where they had some of the cast on and some said, well, no, we've never met each other because he's filming in uh, uh, Rome and he's filming. He's uh, filming in Ireland, they're filming in Scotland, somebody else is filming in Lanzarote or wherever, for, for the different <laughs> climates, so um, it, it obviously must depend on that, but um, I, I do realise that uh, I mean Britain has done rather successfully with uh, a lot of production, obviously, famously all the Bond films have been done here in the UK, uh, Harry Potter was done here in the UK, so the, the, there, are, there have been tax benefits for things like that um, yeah,
1: well, that's it. So it's a complicated, complicated business, business, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's thing. what gets a lot of films here in Canada is the tax benefit, The tax it's credits exactly. really drive a lot of production up north of the border here.
3: Same with Georgia, same with yeah. Atlanta. It's the same. And yeah. New Orleans had that, but they changed it a few years ago. So you've noticed probably in the last few years that that production in like movies featuring New Orleans has really dropped off because they changed the tax. Uh, structure there, so it's no longer as inexpensive to film there. So um. people are now play, people like the originals who did film in New Orleans are now filming in Atlanta because it's cheaper. So
1: yeah, I mean, well, that's what it goes down to the, the the buck. And it's funny recently. Speaking of CW shows, were earlier Supergirl has moved from LA to Vancouver. Yeah.
3: And and, and and I I don't, I don't know yes, if Calista
1: Flockhart you. is still <laughs> happy about that.
3: I'm sure not. Well, you know she they had to move networks because it you know the I'm I I mean I hope your fans aren't angry at me. I'm just not mm. a fan of the show. I don't like ah. show. Um, as a you know I watch it because it's part of my body of work, but I I'm not a fan of the show. I really am not. Um, But I I do think everybody does a good job. I just think that there's a lot of things that could be changed to make it a lot, a lot, a lot better. And that's why it didn't fly on CBS, which is really, you need to have, that's your everyday audience, the people that maybe never watched, never read a comic book and maybe have seen one or two comic book movies. That's who's watching the CBS show, and it didn't fly. I mean, pardon the pun, it didn't fly even even though she had a skirt on, which, by the way, if you're going to be flying up in the air, you don't have a skirt on ever,
1: ever, ever. That's, a That's comic it's book gotta logic, go. so... It's oh. got to go. That,
2: that, that, that was always a spoiler. That was always a spoiler in, in, in Buffy, mind I watched Buffy, and as soon as Sarah Michelle Gellar had pants on, I thought, oh, she's going to be fighting in this one. And if she had a dress on, you knew there wasn't going to be any fighting in that. <laughs>
1: You're I mean, totally um, right. Good call. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I, I think they've. Uh, I mean, I. I'm, I'm waiting to. I don't get Supergirl over here. I'm waiting to get the um the Blu-ray, which I think has just come out. Uh, oh yeah. Stopped, I I've stopped. I've stopped. I've stopped buying DVDs because um, I've got a nice telly and I like to see the the Blu-rays on it. But uh, uh, they brought Linda Carter in, haven't they? The uh, oh, that might be a spoiler as a guest star, not not playing Wonder Woman in Supergirl, but uh, playing another part. Um, let me know when you want another segue clip, and we'll uh, move on. Sure.
1: Yeah, just one more thing before we move on to the topic. So, it, now, I don't know if you've heard, Rebecca. Has Clista Flockhart said she's still going to be with the show? Because part of her being with it was they were filming in L.A., and she lives in L.A.
3: Yeah, and she's you know she's a mom, and um, you know she has a younger child. And I think that it's one of those things where... You have to see what happens. Uh, I haven't heard anything definitive um, to the grapevine, uh, but I do know that she looks really fabulous in this show. And uh, like, I kind of wish that she would secretly put out somewhere the her the doctor that she's been going to to look that fabulous. <laughs> Everybody wants
1: to know <laughs> how did you get. Well, do if, that? <laughs> if, if they pull if they pull a Darren on her and they just keep the character and switch the actress, that's not going to be good. Yeah, so
3: it wouldn't be, right. would be
1: right. No, no, I do, I do. Oh, no! I hate when they do that on TV, and I'm really hoping they say, "Oh, we really like the character, but the actress doesn't want to cooperate, so we'll just recast." <laughs> I'm I, I the history of TV that never works, right? Right.
2: I saw the pilot, um, so I do know that she's in it. But as I said, she was playing her boss, and uh, I didn't recognize her at first. Um, she she looked about twenty years younger than I expect she is. She looked. Oh, yeah. She well, does,
1: she, she's it's, such a it's, quality it's fillers worker.
3: It's fillers. It's uh It's tear trough fillers and Botox and fillers around the nasal labial fold. It's a lot of fillers, I think. You know, because she's actually really Alleg- beautiful. Alleg- so I don't think Alleg- she's actually. <laughs>
1: Well, it's better, called a, better it's than called
3: the a liquid facelift. Now you can actually—it's
1: called right. a facelift. Really? See, I didn't. Yeah, know
3: and the fillers last about two years. I haven't had it done, but
1: obviously I've looked into it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, she be well, 50, I can, fifty-two in I, November. So, well, well, I can
1: tell you, it, it was a lot better than the late Sarah uh, Fawcett, and she had work done. And I saw her in Letterman. It was like, oh, Sarah, what have you done to yourself? It was That's, just fillers awful. Fillers are
3: great because it's still you, um, and you don't have to go under the knife, and and you look like yourself, just like well rested, <laughs> you know. And uh, it's not as expensive, obviously. It's just temporary. The fillers. No,
1: because I don't, you know, I don't know what Farah did, but she really messed her upper face. And yet, Joe Rivers. Was
3: legit plastic surgery. That was legit plastic surgery, too. That was pre-fillers. Fillers just started yeah. coming out. Yeah.
1: And, and yet, eight or so, and, so. And yet I don't years. know what the late Joan Rivers did, but she was freaky how she kept her appearance up until she died. That that was money out of – and her and Cher. I think Cher is still well-preserved. Well, well
3: the, the trend in plastic surgery in L.A., it's really – it's it's not – that, and I, I'm just going to say it. They may not like it out there, but it's the truth, so <laughs> – you got to live with it. It's L.A. is very, very difficult. Can you imagine an entire culture, an entire city, and then almost half the state is built on a culture of constant rejection and scrutiny. So Modern Family is a great example. That show, it's a very funny uh, comedy show. Um, it, it, it I don't know if you've seen with Julie Bowen um, and Sofia Vergara. I'm sure you guys have have heard of it, or yeah, it.
1: Yeah, I've reviewed the show and I did get a copy of season 7 which is on the list of things to check out.
3: That show eventually. has more people that have had more plastic surgery. In fact, one of the young people on the show who's not even a, who's not even a main character, he was a, a, a boyfriend of one of the uh, main characters on the show. Um, he came out uh, this year actually saying he is addicted. To plastic surgery, and if you look, the the new season just started, maybe a week or two ago, and Julie Bowen right. has had so she's had a lot of fillers, but she's just recently had some tweaks between seasons because her nose looks different. It's really, it's really weird. I mean that that show has more people that have had more plastic surgery because of the culture, and and you feel like you have to look a certain way because in yeah. Hollywood you really do. I mean, even someone like me, who does nothing, I mean, I'm nothing and nobody, even being on the stage, do you know I was told to become blonde and to become hotter, and then, I kid you (laughs) not, I'm no longer on that stage because they wanted somebody even hotter than me, which they didn't achieve.
1: But, you know, I was like, are you kidding?
2: (laughs) Rebecca, Rebecca, if you got any hotter, I couldn't
1: handle you. Yeah, and I met you in person, so I don't know where, they need to get their eyes checked or something. That no, that- I mean, well,
3: it was funny. The, 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 the poor, Unbelievable. The, the poor messenger who had to deliver this terrible message was like, you know, I I think you're incredibly hot, you know, like, I don't, I don't, but they're really looking for what they really meant was they were looking for like Olivia Munn or something to come on, on stage and okay. do it. But Olivia Munn's not doing that. But, I mean, well, come on.
2: Well, let me tell you uh, uh, who has actually gone completely against that, and uh, I was actually shocked when I saw her, and that is uh, from Star Trek Voyager, uh, Captain Janeway, Kate Mulgrew, uh, who's yeah, now in her. Orange is the New Black, instead of playing mm-hmm. a character red. I did. I watched, because I'm watching a little bit of Netflix, I watched a few episodes before, I know that face. I'm thinking, is it Kate's mother or something? And it's... <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, she, you know, she's playing, obviously, a prison inmate, but uh, I was absolutely shocked. She's, what, 61, 62. But, um, well, again. I
3: think, yeah, I mean, you know, I I want you know I want your audience to know I have had no Botox, no fillers. Oh, there you go.
2: I haven't seen that. Have, I haven't. Have you, Russell?
3: I've no, I have no, naturally aged. Surgery. I'm 45 and I don't look terrible, and I'm not going to look much different in 20 years because I work out and I drink water and I do all this stuff you're supposed to do, and I actually put sunblock on. I think a lot of the eight, eight, like early aging has to do with sunblock and uh, or lack of it. And so when people kind of like like Kate Mulgrew, she is beautiful, but even even when she was doing Voyager, she looked older than she should have. Um, True. And part of the problem with part of the problem with, with being on TV is that you are stuck at that age for people. So like when they see you on Voyager and then they see you in 10 years or 15 years and they're like, what happened to you? It seems so so like abrupt to us because we know her face from this show. Like, um, what did I see recently? Oh, well, you know, I've worked with so many of these actors. Um, I think to me, when I was uh, working with Sean Astin, uh, oh, you know, I recognized him right away, of course, because he has the same face he's always had. But he just didn't, you know, I, in my mind, he's Rudy. You know, he's Rudy forever, or he's the boy from Goonies, like, you know, forever. And I just can't, and I'm like, yeah. I'm uh, with you.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I had the great joy of meeting Aaron Gray a few years ago at Fan Expo oh. up here in Toronto. That, that was back before the days when they got picky about it, it issuing press releases. But I, I won't. I won't get on that soapbox. Um, and and I got to meet her in person. And this is the woman I grew up with, with Buck Rogers, and she yeah. at the time had aged really well. And she had a little gray hair, a few more lines in her face, but she looked great. And she. I even got five minutes or so of an interview off of her. And, and hey. that was my highlight of that trip. Really, I still haven't. Uh, I got. I paid for an autographed picture. And somewhere in my digital library, I have a picture of her and I together. So that, that was just... woman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and that's just the woman who's just taking care of herself. Like now she's, I think, agent to stars. She helps coordinate people at conventions, which I believe many, yeah. many yeah. Uh, actors Anderson, have done now.
3: A.K.A. Elvira is one of the people I work with at Wizard World and, and elsewhere. And she is in her 60s and gorgeous. But, you know, you... It's it's not without health.
2: Um <laughs> mm. Well, the <that> <laughs> other thing, to, just to give the, them some benefit. I mean, we think of, of of how you see people in an ordinary room in ordinary lighting. I mean, they're under intense lighting, aren't they? I mean, uh, f- especially for high definition TV, and now uh, uh, with things like House of Cards and, and what have you, and uh, uh, Better Call Saul, and all these new Netflix series. They're filmed in 4K, so I would imagine the you know that they're virtually under spotlights. I mean, literally um, difficult to look good under those sort of extreme lighting. You're conditions.
3: totally right. It's 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 like sh- it cr- creates shadows on your faces, specifically under your eyes, and that's one of the areas where even if you can't see wrinkles, it's easy to blur wrinkles with like things like that are not surgical or or even needle related um but but you can't really do anything about those shadows under the eyes because you lose collagen you know under your eyes literally you have fat pads that are held up by collagen under your eyes and when somebody has puffy eyes or like bags under their eyes that's why because you're losing the collagen under, that hold up the fat pads and they're starting to sink a little bit under your eyes and so that's what the tear trough fillers do And you really can't even be on stage anymore. That was really the problem, can I say? Because I was working with stars on stage. We were ending up on a screen a lot. And that was the biggest problem. They were trying to use more video. And it was right before uh, Wizard World went into Wizard TV. And they were looking to get somebody on a TV screen. And they wanted me to, like, you know, do things to my face that I didn't want to (laughs) do. I mean, I just wasn't ready for it. But you would really have to do that to be on a screen. So I'm not faulting anybody for doing it. I think you can be beautiful without it. I don't have it, and I think I'm doing okay. But if I were going to be on a screen, I would have to, have to, have to do that. And I think that would be very difficult. <laughs> like, you know, as you for your, your sense, you would be so insecure. You'd always be looking because it doesn't really look like you. It looks like you, but not you. I feel yeah, like I'd be yeah. really freaked well, out a lot if
2: I looked uh, in the mirror. I have to make a give a quote here from Ian McHale the Sixth Doctor. At that point, when you
1: said that, he be saying, "Hubba hubba." <laughs> 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 now, now, now we are quickly approaching the end of the the end of the year. I don't know where 2016 is gone. Really, we we at the fall now. We have a lot of whack new shows that are hitting our TV screens in in both our countries. Both, actually, all three of our countries are together. Yeah, we represent
3: the Western world in a big
1: way. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Rebecca, what do you see coming up, movie, TV-wise, that you think people that like, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, pop culture should really keep an eye on and check out?
3: Oh, I, I mean, they just have to just continue to watch. The, the, so much is coming out. Of course, the new Star Wars. Comes out this year at the end, you know, in uh-huh. December, and another one is scheduled for the year after. So, the Star Wars franchise, Disney, of course, took over uh, Lucas Films as well as Marvel Entertainment. So, uh, so you're going to continue to see just an unbelievable sort of slew of these superhero movies and uh, and Star Wars, and and it's just going to continue on. So, on the big screen, you're going to have a lot of excitement to see in the next. Really, I think that I looked at some contracts recently and they went through 2019.
2: Wow.
3: Um, Yeah, some of them, a lot of like the original Fantastic Four, it was remade, of course, which didn't do so well, but the original cast, Jessica Alba, she had signed
1: a 12-year
2: contract.
1: A 12-year contract.
3: Yeah. Uh, So, you know, they obviously had to pay her out, um, to yeah. make the remake um, but but that they all all the original cast all of them had all signed their original contract was for 12 years uh so wow. it's similar with guardians of the galaxy that's kind of what they're doing now um game of thrones they're they're almost continuously filming similar to the harry potter films um they just sort of filmed one after another after another uh, because they wanted to keep up with the aging of the actors and exactly supposed to be in the film and also people start to do other projects when in in, in Hollywood like uh, Preacher is a show that came out on AMC uh, Seth Rogen and Ed Goldberg are the producers and uh, they obviously are they have a lot of creative input um, they're writing directing and stuff like that so so that 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 can comes from Garth. Innis, a Northern Irish uh writer, he wrote he wrote it and uh Steve Dillon, I believe, was the illustrator of the of the original comic book and graphic novel of Preacher. Well, this I, I the history of Preacher getting onto a screen of any kind has been it's been like a twenty plus year, I think it's been twenty seven years in the making, and even Seth Rogan Um, and Evan, when they were trying to get this, they got greenlit for this show that just came out in 2016 in 2013. Wow. So that gives your audience, fans of your show, kind of an idea of of what the time span is. So something can be greenlit, like sci-fi does a lot of paranormal shows, reality shows. So sometimes a paranormal reality show, it's easy to say, okay, we're greenlit, it's October, we, we need to fill these two spots, contact some people we know, fill the spots for the cast, and start filming like six weeks later. That's common for paranormal reality, but not for major production shows that require bigger budgets. Like, and and for your, just for your fans out there, uh, an average cost of one episode of a reality TV show is $100,000. So just to have 10 episodes is a million dollars. You wouldn't think that, but it is. So so that's like a cheap reality show, you know, requires kind of a million dollars to get a season going. So, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, like, for Preacher, 2013, Greenlight, three years later it appears on screen. In the meantime, everybody's thinking, oh, no, it may not even make it. Because this show, this particular Preacher didn't make it. It was with the Weinstein company. You know the Weinsteins. My gosh. They in Hollywood. They they had this. They they had this. They had Preacher. They were in on it and then something happened and Harvey I think was just just kind of like was like no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm just not doing it. And and it was like it was cast and everything. I mean, you know, it gets to these points where uh audiences are thinking, "Oh, great. This is going to happen." So when I'm thinking about what's coming up in the next year, everything that's going to come up has already been filmed and is already coming up like Star Wars. That's definitely happening. Everybody don't get freaked out about that, but some of the contracts oh, yeah. I'm thinking about are may or may not happen, but there's a lot of really great Marvel characters coming up and TV has so much right now. I I actually feel, it's saturated. They've oversaturated the superhero TV market, and I think yeah. it's going lose the audience.
1: Well, that's, yeah. that's, that's really the danger of it, is that we've gone from a time not that long ago where there was really none or barely any, and now it's just flooded. Uh, and it's going to be a point where, where, where are we going to hit where the audience goes, all right, we've hit too much, and, yeah. and we're going to hit a back down part. I uh, uh, uh,
2: watch uh, quite a few of these, uh, you know, sh- shows, um, like, you know, interview shows and uh, you know, nearly always, of course, uh, a star will come on TV when they've got something to promote, which is quite understandable, whether it's a book coming out or a film or a mm. stage or whatever. Uh, but like um, Daniel Radcliffe was on um, the, this show recently and sort of, well, I've just uh, wrapped up uh, filming this film um uh, then my film, the, um, the Swiss Army Knife Man's coming out ne- now. Uh, I'm in pre-production for something else. Uh, and I'm uh, on the publicity bandwagon for the, the current film I'm in. So he's got basically four projects on the road. But I agree entirely with what you say there, Rebecca. However, Netflix seems to be doing something that uh, that goes against that a little bit. Like you say, I think it's absolutely... Key that they keep Uh, somebody if they've got a star for a show, they want to keep them. Uh, That person can't just sit there twiddling their thumbs, they've got to be doing other things. For instance, um, uh, talking about that Luke Cage coming on. Now, Luke Cage, the character, appeared in the Jessica Jones series on Netflix, Um, and he's got his own series. But Netflix have postponed Jessica Jones for another year because, alongside that, with the I think it's the Punisher that they're doing. Um, uh, they can't have, you know. There's only so many. I mean, obviously, they can't compare with hold. They can't have five or six really big projects going on at once. So Jessica Jones had to go on the back burner. But the, the actress who plays that character, you know, um, it could be another three years before a series is actually filmed and done and actually on. Um, That's
3: so, right. It's it's not a coincidence that. They put on the back of the female centric show, in fact, I thought Jessica Jones was one of the best
1: oh, uh, best
3: female characters strongest, most real i've ever i've ever i've ever watched in the entire history of pop culture. I felt yeah. like it was a historic moment, and I loved it because of course, I had dealt with a stalker myself like very recently, so yeah, I had PTSD from watching that show that's how real it was. Yeah. I actually was like actually affected by it. I was like, oh my God." This
1: is, this is happening to me all over again. Jeez, Rebecca. It was
3: yeah. that good. Oh, you know, it was that good. That's to me. That's the Yeah, well, that's really any show that,
1: that brings you in and engages you. Because my wife can, she knows when I'm really into a show. Because if something happens and I go, <gasps> she goes, oh, what, what happened? Because I'll just <laughs> react. She oh, goes, what... Oh, yeah, something just... Especially if I watch Game of Thrones. Like, I'm looking forward to season six coming out in video in November. Right. Really uh, forward to that. But in just And that Jones, show yeah. has gotten me more, more than one occasion.
2: Sorry. Uh, the the Christian Rick, Ritter, is it her name? Uh, I mean, I first saw him Breaking Ballot, but I hadn't realized that who it was until I saw Jessica Jones. Uh, but talking about older actresses there, uh, carrie Ann Moss, of course, was... Um, in Jessica Jones, uh, going all the way back uh, from, um ooh, Matrix. Uh, Matrix. Matrix, yeah, yeah, Matrix. And then she was in um, um, the other film. Oh, what was that, Heroes. She was in Heroes as well. But um, She's a and,
3: fantastic actress. Yeah. She's really gorgeous, too. She's beautiful. She's playing a great part in Jessica Jones as the lesbian oh. lawyer.
1: Fantastic. Oh, there
2: you go. Right, Well. Right. F-
1: well, it it's been a pleasure, you guys. But and and I'm, I'm, it's a shame we didn't get more of an audience. But hopefully, more people will listen to it once it you know been uploaded to the to the main streaming thing. Uh, before before I let you guys go, I did want to update the audience and what's coming up in the show uh, next week, of course. Or uh, I might do an extra this week. We'll see, time permitting. I I'm busy schluffing pizzas here in the Great White North, so like occupies a good chunk of my time. Um, but hopefully next show, if not, five, more likely be 501 next week, will be my review of Rebels Season 2 on Blu-ray, Courtesy the great folks at Walt Disney, such nice people who send me stuff. That will be on as well, possibly the new Ghostbusters that was sent to me by Sony, so I will be able to see if an all-female cast really was something that worked. I'm, I'm optimistic. Uh, the The new Final Fantasy... 15, King's Clave starring the voice of Sean Bean. I'm guessing he'll die really early on in it. <laughs> Up to <laughs> you, I guess. He'll die really quickly. Um, also, as well as I talked on him earlier in the show, I did get a copy of Penny Dreadful Season 3. I'm really looking forward to going through that uh, very soon. And continuing my marathon of all things CW, still working on Flash Season 1 and Arrow Season 3. Uh that's kind of on the docket. There's still more to show. I still need to get through Scorpion Season 2, Hawaii Five O Season 6, and Madam Secretary Season 2. So there's a lot of stuff coming up on the show, time permitting, in the upcoming weeks. It all depends on how quickly I can get through stuff. I want to take this opportunity, though, to very much thank as usual, for a great conversation with Dr. Rebecca Housel and Dave Cooper. Where can they find you folks on the web, uh, Dave? Because I know you've kind of cut down your cultum episodes. You're not weekly as you used to be. Uh,
2: Well, uh, while Dr. Who's been off the air, we've been going monthly. Ian's got a a number of other projects. Uh, He's a thespian, you know, but he's uh, he's stage managing uh, some uh, amateur dramatics at the moment, but... um, Yes, um, we we, ha- we have gone down to monthly, but we are getting back into our commentary modes. Where, uh, we did uh, Better Call Saul season one we did its commentary, so we're, we've now made a start on uh, season two, um, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, both Ian and myself have been pulling some duties as well on uh, Doctor Who Podshot. There's a new episode of mm-hmm. Doctor Who Podshot coming on, and I've been uh, guest uh, on uh, another Another podcast called "Discussing Who." Look out for that. You'll find it on the internet. Use Google as your search engine. Uh, but currently, uh, you see, you make it sound as if really it's hard work. i I've only had Netflix for a short while, so I've been, um, you know, actually binging on it. So, um,
1: ah, uh, like you all the time, Dave. Right.
2: <laughs> Re- really enjoyed, as I say, Jessica Jones. Really enjoyed. Um, um, I am enjoying, shall I say now, uh, Luke Cage. But Cultural Collective, we're on talk you uh, like you are yourself. Not always mm-hmm. live, you are, but uh, we're back. Not in, not it's usually the last Sunday in each calendar month, and that is ah. call ID 5482. 5482... <laughs> I was getting it wrong. See, you see, so in the presence of beauty, it gets me all. Ah, well, there you go. <laughs> it it right gets me so all. You,
3: Dave. I love like Silver
2: time, Dave.
3: Wonderful. Um, if people want to find me, com is always the place. That's where my blog is with a million readers from 77 countries now. Um, I, I love to wow. read the list of countries. No, I mean, it's for real. I, I know I'm so excited about that. I have books coming out, Pop Culture Professor book series and a number of other a memoir number, but that that now that's gonna be interesting, gentlemen. <laughs> oh boy, you you do not want to even miss a word of that. That's gonna be incredible. I'm very excited about it. Um and I'm really hoping that my publisher, my agent rather, can get me a movie deal. I'm
1: really hoping. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> well well and when you get that book book published, Rebecca, consider yourself another invite to the show and we'll talk about it. Well, I'm not, I'm not
3: too worried about it, but yeah, that sounds great. I'd love to anytime, anytime you need me, Russell, I'm, I'm around. Um, and, uh, and then I just opened a company this year called Solero Entertainment and, uh, that's SoleroEntertainment.com and we're on all social media because of my soccer, a lot of my social media is private. Um, so right. can find my public Facebook page, Dr. Rebecca Housel and, um, you know, I'm 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 really I've got two events coming up this month. One in Atlanta in a week or less than a week, and then one at the end of the month in Salem. And just doing a lot of fun stuff, good projects coming up. So thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And congrats again. Five. Thank you.
1: Yeah. 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 Five hundred plus because all the extras, it, it's it's more than that. But and yeah, and last count in in, in when, when with Libsyn uh, because I don't get a nice count with them like I used to. Uh, before I left Libsyn, I was at two two hundred and fifty plus thousand downloads. Wow! So that that, and that was at the eight year mark, or the no, the eight no two thousand thirteen. So yeah, around the yeah yeah, so around the eight year mark or so.
3: Congrats! That's a great
1: read. Thank you. Yeah, no, it is. It is. And, and of course, I want to take this opportunity as well to thank all the lovely film companies that send me stuff for free to review on the show. I couldn't do the show without them because they keep me current, they keep me with current releases, and I couldn't afford to buy them all. Um, but I encourage everybody that listens to the show if you like the shows I talk about, go to the main web pages that the people who, who, who are nice enough provided to me. Buy the stuff. It, it, you know, I'm honest on the show. If I don't like something, I tell you. And, and um, yeah, please, please thank them in a way by buying stuff for the people who send me stuff. Got, as I said, the it it, it, I, I last few years, maybe the last five, have really helped because of all the great film companies that send me things for free. And, and also coming up as well, I did get a, a CD from the great folks Midnight Syndicate. They did a soundtrack for a zombie game which I need to start to listen to soon, which, well, if it doesn't get in soon, it would definitely be in the Halloween special this year, because I, I wouldn't leave it out of that. Uh, and thanks to everybody with Midnight Syndicate and, um and Ed Wood. I know that's a really fun name, but that's a name uh, that, that works there. Uh, as well, I'm going to try to do something interesting this year for this special. All I'm going to try to do, and I can't promise when this is going to hit the, the Internet interwaves, Going to try to make this episode an enhanced episode. So look on Ooh. YouTube in the next maybe few weeks. We'll see how quickly I have time for it. I'm going to try to put this episode up on YouTube with pictures, uh, as as to the audio that we talk about. That's a so great that's idea. Makeup. Yeah, so I'm going to try. Makeup. 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 I'm going uh, <laughs> to. I've never put anything on YouTube before, but I'm feeling ambitious, and we'll see if I can put something of like that together, a little bit of editing. Well, and do it. Do that, Let me
3: course, know. I'll link it. I'll link it to my yes. stuff. Let me know.
1: And as soon as that's posted, everybody can check out Rambling Rust, my Twitter feed. I will definitely post something on there as soon as that goes live. I just want to experiment with YouTube. I think that's a good way to do it. It is. See how many... It's
3: a medium. You'll enjoy it.
1: Well, we'll see. We'll see how many thumbs down I get. Hopefully not too many. (laughs) Uh, That's a hope. Anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. As always, uh, Ramblers, you can check out my regular show. It generally drops. I try to do it midnight on Mondays due to my work schedule and life. uh, My wife and, and our dog keep us busy and the cat. Um, I, sometimes it gets delayed, and even though it says it at Monday at midnight, I don't upload it until maybe Tuesday or Wednesday at the latest, but I try, because I'm a one-man crew. Um, uh, so, <laughs> keep listening. I will do my best. When it comes to convention coverage, uh, we'll see who lets me in. I'm not going to go into the big debate I have with Fan Expo. That's another time. Uh, but, um, hopefully, um... Uh, some sometime down the road, Rebecca, I'll catch you up at another convention if you ever come north of the border here again.
3: Absolutely, thanks so much, Russ. I appreciate it. You're awesome. Thanks, Dave. It was great talking to you again. I miss oh, you.
2: And uh, we, we'd love to have you back on again. Apologies for not getting back to you earlier, but uh, uh, once once he in, I've got him in line, I'll 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 get the whip out on him and. Uh, are you talking
3: my language? If we're talking oh. about there. Well, that's <laughs> the
1: show. That's another topic, which I know not my job. That may be uh, not so simply NSFW. <laughs> anyway, it's fun. I know I'm, fun, you know always, I, um, I'm kind of on the edge of things, so I'm a
3: little
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. As always, thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next time right here on Ramble with Russell. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.